This week's episode of Mass Startup Podcast is probably the most important one that I've done. And it's an interview with someone that I admire in an incredible way. Um, the CEO and co-founder of Yoko, Katlejo Mapai. If you learn anything from this podcast, I hope you'll be kind enough to share it with young founders, young startups, young small businesses, and anyone that could possibly need to be inspired and to learn from someone that has been part of something that is truly special. Um, when it comes to startups, yeah. um, small businesses, building things that matter, it's always important to start with why. I just want to understand why Yoko. Um, why Yoko? It's a great question. Look, I think all these things um, don't just come from one thing. They all kind of roll up. It happens over time, and it all kind of just comes together. Um, I wanted to work with my friends. That was very important for me. I think you spend uh, a lot of your time at the office. You need to be close to the people uh, that you work with. It gives a lot of meaning. So that was one. Um, and then we're certainly connected by this uh, common ideal that we just want to see a better world, right? Uh, we don't speak about it in, in sort of these long, fluffy terms, but we feel it, it's a burning thing uh, between uh, me and my business partners. And yeah, I think through Yoko um, and really starting to understand the small business entrepreneurial environment and that you know technology can really play a fundamental role in providing access and allowing a business to make a leap, it all just made sense, right? Um, and we took a lot of time to assess, right? We just didn't wake up one day um, and decided that we wanted to do Yoko. It took many months. We looked at lots of different things. And we just kept on coming back to it because we saw a real problem with scope and also something that we knew was going to be intellectually stimulating for us. Um, and I can tell you it has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, this is... Uh, easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, not just from a, you know, intellectual standpoint and the demands of it, but also just emotionally, right? Um, you're, you're building something from nothing. Uh, the stakes just get higher um, as we grow. You know, it doesn't get easier. But what you start to realize is you grow through the process, right? And you can take certain situations better you can respond better to situations so I think it's been quite a pleasure uh, observing that maturity happen um, not just with myself or my partners but you know people in our team who've been with us for a long time just seeing that growth and just sort of that perspective uh, starting to deepen and that's what makes this company great is people grow right and yeah. they want to grow um, they want to become better and they want to become better versions of themselves and it's really our job um, as an institution to create space for that so I think this just like leads perfectly into my next question which is just the importance of people um, the importance of an amazing team I mean obviously I'm part of the team but <laughs> I just think 
I've I've worked with such exceptional people. Yeah. And I want to understand your thinking behind the sort of people that you believe fit to work in a company that's not just about okay, we're going to make X amount of dollars rand, but we're going to also make an impact doing that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, you get people who actively think about society, uh, their environments, philosophy, you know, who read, who are just interested in the world. And these are the kind of people um, we want to attract and nurture at Gioco because in the end, uh, our ability to build these products, uh, deliver the service, do it with passion, um, and really, uh, you know, strive for excellence and delivering like fundamental value to our customers that really comes down to one core thing in my opinion which is our capacity to which is which is our capacity to observe what's happening around us so you know we we interact with our merchants our customers we see ourselves in them we'd like to think they see uh, themselves in us we're all entrepreneurs all striving for the same ideals and just having the capacity to just see that right for what it is and just getting to the core human fundamentals and the core drivers um, and starting to build and design things around that um, these are the types of folks that we want at Yoko um, because so long as we stay in touch um, and can really understand better than anyone else what's going on in society, what's happening with our customers, we will continue to be relevant. Um, we will continue to build great things. And, you know, we can do that uh, without taking more than what we give. Uh, that's very important for us. Uh, we speak about this often, that we want to be in an organization that net is creating more than it takes. And our view is if this becomes the mantra within society, uh, there'll be abundance. But the challenge we have right now is the sense of trying to get more than you, uh, than you, uh, trying to get more than you give, right? So you, you, you're reducing um, uh, what's available. And if everyone's doing that, where do you think we're going to end up? Where do you think we are, right? So we need to become a society where people are giving more than they take. Um, and we create abundance, uh, folk can participate, we grow, and things are good. Yeah. Um, I think my next question is just like, do you think you could write a guide for how to start a startup in Africa <laughs> at this point? Because <laughs> I think, like you said, um, there is an entrepreneurial spirit in the people that work at Yoko, yeah. but there's also an entrepreneurial spirit in South Africans in general. Agreed. And not many startups, whether it's tech or just traditional small businesses, mm -hmm. get to the level that Yoko is at. Mm -hmm. And what have, have you seen to be the sort of tenants of building something as incredible as Yoko? Um, so I think... First things first is just dreaming, right? And dreaming doesn't necessarily mean thinking big. In our context, it was. We've always been ambitious. We 
refer to ourselves as being quietly ambitious. We don't make noise. Um, we want to demonstrate that we're able to do something before we say we can. So that's very important for us. But it's an important thing to, to dream and to, to imagine because without that, you, you can't have a vision, right? And without a vision, what are you working towards? So that's, that's number one. And then two is just thinking really long-term. Long term. Um, the moment you, you can do that, you have this vision and you can almost just start picturing what you need to build and what you need to do over very long horizons. It actually frees you from the constraints of the present. Right. And that's such a fascinating thing, this idea around uh, constraints. You know, if you can liberate yourself from constraints, even though they, they do exist, there's no doubt about it, right? But just take a moment and imagine that they don't. Like, what would you do? What would you build? How would you um, evaluate something? And your mind gets into a very different, types of different type of mindset because that's when you start to find the innovation, right? That's when you start to find the innovation. Um, and, 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 and new ideas and then when you start to apply the constraints after the ideas then you start to find innovation and new ways to execute the ideas right and that's when you start getting something very very interesting so you almost liberating yourself from the constraints um, is, is, is powerful I mean I remember in our case uh, constraint was licensing and how we needed to get to market it took us a year to get that license we needed a very specific type of license that had never been awarded to a startup before. But when we liberated ourselves from the constraints of time, you know, it was going to take a long time, and the possibility of rejection, we just pursued the goal. Um, and what ended up happening was we got a license and a setup that essentially allowed us to build the core layers of Yoko's innovation and what's ultimately driving our ability to onboard um, one, one and a half thousand merchants plus a month now came from this thinking, right? That we want to get to that point. What, what are the baseline things that we need? Cool, it's going to take us a long time. But if you think ultra long term, what is a long time? Yeah. Right? Um, so I think that's very important. So ambition, um, thinking long term, liberating yourself from constraints. And then number four, and I think this is super important, is figure it out. Okay? Yeah. So this is not supposed to be easy. If it was, everyone would do it, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a reason this is challenging, and I'm, this is, I'm speaking about entrepreneurship in general. It's hard. It's meant to be hard, otherwise everyone would just do it. Yeah. So as obvious as that sounds, I think there's something uh, from a human nature perspective that starts feeling the sense of uh, anxiety and pushing back when something's hard. Um, but it's entrepreneurs who realize that, wow, if this is hard, this is actually hard for everyone. If I figure it out, I figured out my arbitrage, right? I figured out my opportunity. I'm also now starting to develop my moat. Um, and the great entrepreneurs are often willing to do those unsexy things um, that, you know, people just didn't want to do. Uh, I give an example without naming, um, you know, labor... Labor is a, is a challenge in this country. Um, and I have a friend who started a beauty business. And the first thing she did uh, over her, her first two years was to build a training academy. And she set it up as a not-for-profit. And now she's starting to build out the beauty business. They're rolling out locations. 
and she has now secured a whole training and talent supply chain. And people don't know that, right? But that's her core competitive advantage now, is that she's not sort of hustling and reviewing CVs like everyone else's. She's actually got a steady stream of talent because she, instead of complaining about the labor issue, she found a solution. Um, and she found a solution that's ultimately improving the lives of people because she employs people who were previously unemployable. But they go through her academy, they become you know, ready to work, and this is an incredible environment for them to thrive. So there are lots of these types of examples of just figuring it out. Um, and I think once you accept that as the reality, especially uh, when you're in an ecosystem that's early stage like ours, so I want to be very clear, our technology ecosystem is at ground zero. We're not anywhere near where people think we are. Um, and what I mean by that is that you know, as we raise capital um, and we structure deals, we structure the business, we're often doing things that have never been done before but are quite commonplace in the Silicon Valley or Europe, but they're being done here for the first time. So that's an immediate um, indication that like we, our ecosystem is still in its early stages and that we're still trying to put in the building blocks so that you know, a couple of years down the line, when somebody wants to raise a, a venture deal, it takes you know uh, uh, a couple of days, right? Quick DD, sign the term sheets, get to the subscription agreements. You know, I mean, do the due diligence, uh, um, get to the subscription agreements, sign, boom, capital in the bank, and the and the business can run. We're not there yet, right? Um, and so the ecosystem needs to mature. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take companies that have broken barriers, um, uh, get to the big exits alums in those companies, founding new businesses, starting VCs themselves, all this type of stuff. We just haven't had that yet um, at, at the level that we need. And we need to acknowledge that, you know, companies build ecosystems, not the other way around. And um, we now need to focus on building great companies that will eventually form the ecosystem. Um, so as, as a company that's breaking barriers and a company with, you know, 100 plus employees or so um, that recently raised one of the most incredible you know, rounds of funding mm. and touching so many people's lives, changing so many people's businesses. All of that, um, what scares you? What scares me is we don't reach our ambitious goals, right? So it's a big difference between the fear of failure which is not the fear we have. We have the fear of not getting to our ambitious goals, right? And it's such a beautiful fear because that's what makes you do anything, right? Whatever it takes, uh, uh, the sleepless nights, the hustling, the, the traveling, whatever it takes to make it happen because we want to succeed so much because we know if we succeed, our customers succeed and the economy succeeds, right? Like, you don't often in your life get to work on something that can have such a deep ripple effect. Um, and it's with that that we're going to do whatever it takes. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so much for the time. Cool. Cool. <laughs>